Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello, and welcome. We're back again. You can't get rid of us, everybody. I don't even know who's still watching. We're never going out of business. No, we're never going out of business. Uh, welcome to another exciting edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, where we we have a very special guest. We do indeed. Uh, this, is, this is a wonderful, uh, wonderful... Uh, right? Is, yeah, here. Uh, no, over here. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought oh. we were talking... <laughs> <laughs> the other special guest. We've got multiple guests He's today. so imposing. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to have in the studio tonight... Uh, really a legend of American cinema, Mr. Gene Hackman. I'm going to try and cup his chin. Aww, <laughs> he Hello, likes Gene. when you do that. Hi, Gene. Yeah, a little scratch behind the ear. Uh, yeah, uh, and we also have somebody else here. Oh, right. <laughs> this, is the, this is the oh, guest I was face. thinking Hands of. off, hands off. <laughs> yeah, no petting Don't touch the guests. Me. No me toca. <laughs> we, we, we went through this. Yeah, when Jeremy was here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did Jesus, like touching Mr. him. <laughs> He's so strong and swarthy. Yeah, we probably, oh sh- we probably should have warned you that uh, Adam is a bit handsy. Uh, That's why we already. didn't give him any alcohol tonight. Yeah, so if you need if you need to just stab him with something, we have... <laughs> the you, pen you have in the pen. eye socket. Jason uh, also has a stick that he uses to keep Mr. Brown under control. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, just give us, give us the secret signal, yes. signal over there. Uh, but no, we are, uh, we are honored... Uh, to have with us uh, two special guests. One, Gene Hackman, who he's great and all. Um, and uh, <laughs> and Miss Amanda Bain. Even more impressive. Aww, now, you were recently in a play. <laughs> I think you guys know about it. I think we do. I mm-hmm. think we do. We're, we're milking it for everything it was worth. Wait, we were in a play? I don't know. I take so many drugs nowadays. <laughs> I don't even... You guys I mean, been giving me the groovy bears again. Yeah. No, uh, Amanda. Love, sex, and rock and roll. What was it called again? I can't even remember. I don't even remember. Sex, lies, and the video videotape, right? Yeah, I've, no. blocked, I've blocked so much of it out. Hold on. You were point. videoing us? Oh, no. No, just, just in your dressing. No, we, we, <laughs> I know it's and illegal in many states, but not this one. Yikes. No, we, we are today uh, discussing the classic uh, 1996 Mike Nichols directed film. The Birdcage. Yay! Yay! Which, uh, One of Darth's all-time favorite movies. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so we're breaking a rule that I established a long time ago where I don't like doing movies that are good. Uh, but uh, but you know, there's so much to anyway. unpack with this one that there's still plenty to talk about. Well, there's a lot of packing and unpacking, if you know what I mean, oh. in this film. What? Did they ever establish who was the pitcher and who was the catcher? I, think, I mean, is I think it not obvious? Yeah. Well, you, I think we know. You, well, you never know You sometime. say that. You okay, say before that. we fall down that disgusting rabbit hole. Uh, so the synopsis for the Birdcage, Hindsiders, for those of you who have not seen this cinematic classic, is... La Cage aux Folies. Yes. Yes. Uh, which translates to... Birds of a feather. The crazy cage. <laughs> oh, the crazy cage. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Armand Goldman, Robin Williams, owns a popular drag nightclub in South Miami Beach. His longtime lover, Albert, stars as Starina. Their son, Val, actually Armand's by his one heterosexual fling 20 years before, comes home to announce his engagement to Barbara Keeley, daughter of Kevin Keeley, U.S. Senator and co-founder of the Commission for... Uh, coalition for moral order, moral order. God, the senator and family descend upon South Beach to meet Val, his father and mother. What but ensues they, is comic, but they chaos. really don't. And that is, I think that's the first thing about rewatching this movie that got me is that it's like an hour and twenty minutes before they make it there. 
Oh yeah, like, like that's the just... whole movie is before that. Oh, the first you act, know. like yeah. alone. Ev- there's so much packed into it that you're Again, absolutely right. Packing, just... <laughs> yes, a lot of packing. Uh, and, and no worries, we are not uh, uh, because uh, we do have a long-standing rule on the show: no politics. So uh, don't worry. Uh, yeah, Gene. So does... keep it. Keep it yeah. kosher back there, okay? Yeah, him and Nixon were not, uh, they weren't close. No. Uh, you know, he was actually on Nixon's enemy list. What? Gene Hackman was? Gene Hackman. For what purpose? I don't know. He didn't like, Pope- <laughs> he didn't like Popeye. Yeah. Doyle, that is. Oh, goodness. Well, that was a good movie, too. No. Um, no, um, uh, but yeah, so no worries about that. Uh, this is all about entertainment and having fun. Uh, but yeah, it's it's weird. The uh, Rewatching it, I thought the whole movie was the hijinks when... Uh, the Keelys are groups in characters got together. Yeah. And it's like, I'm watching it again going, the movie's only two hours long. There's like 30 minutes left. They haven't even made it to South Beach. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's all in the setup, and the that's setup. the beautiful thing. Yep. And the dynamic between Robin Williams and his lover, Nathan Lane, uh, who plays Albert, uh, a.k.a. Starina, the star of the show. And, oh, my God, like, whenever I watch this show, you guys, I cannot decide... Who's my favorite character? It's always a race between Agador or Albie because they're both absolutely ridiculous and it's amazing. It is. It's a one. It's it's, it's a great movie. Um, now, how, now the reason we did choose this. All right, all kidding aside, we did do a a play, I believe, called Love, Sex, and the IRS, which we did a commentary on. Yes, we did last time mm-hmm. with the beloved Jeremy Choate. <coughs> Chote. Yeah, Jeremy Chote. And and Amanda was also in the show. Now, one of the key themes of the show was someone having to dress up as a woman. Yes. I, I don't remember who, what character that was. So this guy, this guy right but here. We did Wait, it, wasn't me. it wasn't me, was it? It wasn't me. Um, it was you that one drunken night. Oh, okay. All right. But Gene Happen was a, was a key player yes, in, he was. in this play. He was in the backdrop. It was brilliant. And it just so happens that Gene Hackman, that same Gene Hackman, is in this movie. As Senator Keeley. That we're watching. Yeah, yes. literally the very oh. same Gene Hackman. Oh, that <laughs> guy right there. Because what's what's so special about this portrait, Jason? Uh, well, in the... And I, I can never remember if we've... Because I've told the story a million times, but you I have. don't know if I've told it on the show. You have. You, you told it on it Love, Sex, and the Every time. Yeah. Yeah. It never gets old. Uh in the first scene after Val, um, Val, yes. Val, you know, tells his, his dad that he's getting married. And then we're immediately introduced to uh, Callista Flockhart and uh, Gene Hackman and Diane Weist. Diane Weist. Thank you. I, I, I specifically was going to remember it this time. And I, I blew it. <laughs> but in the first scene where you see all three of them, they're in Gene Hackman's office and yes. there's a portrait. Uh, hanging just above where Callista Flockhart is sitting, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the actual portrait. Like no this, cap. Like, like <laughs> on you God. Me that <laughs> on God. Either you or Jeremy For taught real. me that expression when he was here because y'all were talking about the turns of phrase that your yeah, children my, uh, use. Yeah, my my wife's uncle was uh, uh, a collector of movie memorabilia, and when he passed on, he he left this to her, and so he I don't know where he acquired it. I don't know if he stole it or, you know, won it in a poker game or he whatever. But he had he was it. an extra. Maybe he was an extra. Yeah, he might have been. So. Yeah, he was an actor. Because he was an actor, yeah. an accomplished actor. Yeah. That's the story that he was an extra and got it that way. No, he was, he was, uh, uh, he mainly did soap operas. 
Um, but and, either way, this is the genuine portrait it is the, from it the is set the of actual, the movie. Yeah, it's the actual one. And uh, so we said, well, you know, we have it. <laughs> Nathan Lane. Yeah, let's bring it. Let's bring it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do an episode. And so here we are. Yep. Here we and, most certainly are. Yeah. Uh, and it is a remake, the movie. Uh, oh, the, it's been remade like seven or eight times. What? Uh, has yeah. it? No. no. Not as a movie every time. It's It's been in multiple sp- stage productions. Like Kelsey Grammer was in one of the stage productions. Really? Uh, that's Who did he play? in my notes. I believe he was Armand. Um, no way. But there was a lot of... Uh, not to put too fine a point Wait, on Armand it. Is, uh, Armand is Robin Williams. Robin Williams and then mm-hmm. Nathan Lane yeah. plays Albert, uh, his lover. So okay. then you have Hank Azaria as Agador, their loyal houseman, <laughs> who's always in a certain state of undress and just has the most ridiculous accent in the entire world. But <laughs> it was kind of an amalgam of... Uh, uh, there was a language that Hank Azaria's family spoke. It was like a subsect of Spanish that his oh family spoke in their household. And he basically was imitating his grandmother uh, yeah. doing this character. So uh, just the way he talks and everything is absolutely beautiful. And Nathan Lane is at his melodramatic diva-ish best in this movie because he's so effeminate and melodramatic and it's fantastic. Do you guys know who was originally supposed to play Albert? Yes. Do you guys know? I'm not going to say it. Okay. Because you told me just before. We well, started. yeah, but they don't know that. They, no, well, yeah, they, they, it starts you know? with who was supposed to be Armand originally. Well, yeah, yeah. The original, yeah. So the original Armand, the nightclub owner, was supposed to be Steve Martin. And Robin Williams was slated to play Albert. But oh. uh, uh, Robin Williams had just come off of Mrs. Doubtfire and he wanted to do something. he wanted to do something a little more subtle and he had just done the whole drag thing so he wanted to do something a bit different and unfortunately nathan lane was tied up with some sort of broadway commitment Um, steve martin Mm -hmm. no nathan lane was tied up in another project they wanted him for albert but he couldn't do it because he was tied up to another uh tied into another commitment (laughs) he was tied up somewhere (laughs) (laughs) fire island oh my (laughs) so steve martin was supposed to be armand but then uh conflicting schedules made it so that steve martin couldn't commit to the movie either so robin williams shifted to be armand when uh mike nichols actually called in a favor to the director of whoever was doing nathan lane's show at the time and had him delay the opening so that Nathan wow. Lane could do this movie. So there was a whole lot of switcheroo when it comes to the roles. And we what? just missed so many great lines from the very beginning where Nathan Lane is having a meltdown, <laughs> which is one of the many reasons this movie is so quotable and funny because um, he's supposed to go on his star arena and do his main number in the nightclub. But you find that he's pitching a fit up in his dressing room because he and Armand live above the club in Miami Beach. And he's flipping out. Why? Did he see him with another? So he thought Albert thinks that Armand is cheating on him because I saw a bottle of white wine chilling in the refrigerator. I only drink red. And so do you. And it's because Robin Williams is trying, his character's trying to meet somebody behind Nathan Lane's back. But Nathan Lane jumps to the conclusion that Armand must be cheating on him because he's got a foreign bottle of wine sitting in the refrigerator. Would somebody explain that to me? Because, so he's, why is he keeping it a secret that Val is coming over? 
because Val had some big news that he wanted to share specifically with his dad at first. He didn't want to make a big production out of it because uh, he knew that he was going to get a negative reaction when he came home and told his gay dads that he's getting married to. uh, They don't even care that he's getting married to a girl. It's more the fact that he's only 20 and she's 18 and they think he's too young to get married. Yeah, And they're right. (laughs) (laughs) They're absolutely correct. Absolutely. What is it almost like a little like a little Romeo and Juliet action going on there with the Capulets and Montagues, perhaps? But the families aren't I worrying. I mean, well, they would be. <laughs> uh, that's true. I think. Well, it, 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 politics. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a take on an old on the on an old uh, yeah. story where you know you have two families that should be at war, but they don't know that they're at war, and they're. Because the kids are kind of, well, the daughter's lying to the Keelys. She's saying Well, they're all that, lying. Everybody's uh, lying through their teeth. <laughs> well, the Keelys, so they're trying to cover up a scandal uh, because Senator Keeley's, um co-founder for the Co- Coalition well, was, of Moral Order was found with an underage black prostitute in bed. He was going to be running for president and he was going to be on the ticket. With that guy. But yes. it was a female prostitute, right? It wasn't a yeah, male It was a female, was a female, was a female prostitute, prostitute, but yeah. she was underage, and oh. uh, they made a big deal out of her being African-American because I guess he, he was a white guy. I don't know. but um, See, if he had been from Louisiana, it would have been no problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, We've had like five governors that's happened to. It's but, you know, not a big Amanda, deal. No biggie. I, I have to tell you, this is where Jeremy and I first like really started joking around on the set of Love, Sex, and the IRS because we were making fun of Agador <laughs> because yes. you see Hank Azaria dancing around in a red wig <laughs> In cut off shorts and he's dancing to Gloria Estefan and he keeps asking Armand over and over to let And him. the Miami sound machine. That too. Thank Sorry. You. I forgot yeah, about the Miami sound Everyone machine. Everyone forgets what's in Miami. So that's yeah. the important part. Exactly. But uh, so Agador's prancing around cleaning the kitchen and uh, he keeps asking Armand repeatedly when he's going to let uh, Agador audition for him to be in the drag show again. And, and Robin Williams keeps refusing. And he's like, uh, why don't you talk to me like that? Like, I'm your servant. <laughs> and Jeremy and I just like fell down a rabbit hole quoting that scene together. His favorite line is the you're afraid of my Guatemalanness. So. Your what? My Guatemalanness. <laughs> yeah, my natural don't. heat. <laughs> Speaking of Jeremy, is there a bit of news? Oh, yes. Oh, that's Someone what I wanted to segue to into. And yeah. our last show. Yes. yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, well, let's so, hear. Let's hear. He auditioned and got his dream role up at Coming Street, School Street Playhouse to be Roger Debris and the producers. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will be sure to go thrill. see that. That's awesome. I hear that dressing as a woman is quite liberating. Oh, he could not be more excited to be mm-hmm. dra- wearing the strapless, you know, evening gown that makes him look like the Chrysler building. <laughs> He's going to be more sexy. That's, that's really where the selling point is. When he put it on Facebook, it was, if you want to come see me in this dress, you got to come see this show. And I believe my exact comment was, I believe Mr. Brown is, you know, incredibly excited about just that you one aspect just show up of Jeremy getting to come see it. Yes. How many tickets can we buy in advance? <laughs> just curious, asking for a friend. Oh my. <laughs> I got to tell my hairdresser because she runs a drag show and coming too. And I, man, we could just fill up the theater. It'll be amazing. Yes. Well, and there you go. You'll have friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. Maybe Dave Foley can all, come. All my people. I mean, it's not <laughs> as though we don't have connections with That's Dave true. Foley. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny because for some reason when I was younger, I don't know why I thought Judge Reinhold uh, played Val. <clears throat> Judge oh, Reinhold? I don't, I, for some reason, I had this, this image in my head. and Because I only saw this movie, I think, whenever I was in... Uh, so it came out in 96. His name is Dan Futterman, the actual actor who plays him. Has he been in quite a bit of work? He has. That. So a lot in, of work. Yeah. Uh, the, I was surprised. In the Mr. Brown multiverse, uh, Dan mm-hmm. Futterman was actually in an episode of Sex and the City. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes, he dated Charlotte, and oddly, ironically enough, he played a character who was so effeminate that she wasn't sure if she should be dating him because she couldn't tell if he was gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. But he's been in quite a few things. Yeah, he's okay. been a working actor for a long time. Well, very good. He just uh, doesn't have that face that pops. Yeah, know? yeah. It's just kind of plain oh. Procter & Gamble. <laughs> Rude. P&G. P&G face? He's a P&G face. That's awesome. Such a beach to everybody. This Monsanto just stamps out actors. <laughs> 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 what episode of CSI am I supposed to be in? Um, the um, No, because I saw this movie whenever I was in college, and it was a long time before I saw it. Um, the second again, time? Yeah. yeah. I've I think I've probably seen the movie all the way through maybe three times. Seriously? I, yeah. It, I mean, it is it, a long movie. So if you catch well, it on TV, not. like it, no, but you know, back when it would have maybe appeared on TV, it's not a very popular TV movie though. Uh, kind of like it's a wonderful life. It's such a long movie that once you add commercials, it, it yeah. gets a little tiring. Yeah. Well, and am I right that this is the movie that really introduced the world to Nathan Lane? Yes, this was not only Nathan Lane's first big Hollywood break, it was also Dan Futterman's, I think. It introduced, kind of introduced oh, the world the to him. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, there so it is, the same the, frame and everything. The main people half. who got their big break were um, Callista Flockhart, Nathan Lane, and Hank Azaria. It was all their, oh, yeah, it was well kind done, of a trifecta well of big breaks for them. Right. Who's like 30 in this movie, and she's playing someone who's she's not, 31 not, not even, and not she's playing 20. an 18-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, and Dan Futterman's like 27, 28, yeah, right. and he's playing a 20-year-old, so that's a little bit closer, but still. And if only we had known she was going to end up married to Harrison Ford. Oh, seriously. Yeah. She had no idea at that time. Yeah. Who's she that wasn't skeleton Alan in my bedroom? <laughs> That's your wife, Dr. Jones. She fell between the, the gaps in a sewer grate. She's so skinny. So so back before most of you were born, I was I was surfing <laughs> surfing HBO one uh, Saturday afternoon, probably like 1979, 1980. And this this foreign film came in foreign film came on called La Caja Fall. And I was very enamored by it. It is actually a very good film. We probably should watch it and do it. it which, which which is superior? Hard to say. I would have to watch. I haven't watched it since it came out, but I don't normally like foreign films because I'm a slow reader, and you know the subtitles <laughs> make it very. And he difficult. doesn't like to wear his glasses. <laughs> I don't like to wear my glasses. But but I just I just thought it was it was freaking hilarious. And little did I know, I was poking around. It was nominated for two Academy Awards in 1978. Really? Yes, I think it was Best Director. And might have been a best actor or best screenplay. Uh, didn't win. And didn't win. Mike Nichols actually worked on the 1978 version as well. Um, Did he? So that was part of the reason why he worked no. with uh, Elaine May to make this Americanized version. Well, he had his early career was something else because I mean uh. he he started out what movie. Did, what movie set off his career? You know, I know, I know, Mr. Brown knows. Um, come on. So I honestly don't know. All right, Mr. Brown, what is it? Yeah, The Graduate. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've come to talk to you. And see, what else he did? Uh, I'm trying to think of the other, like, the highlights of the Mike Nichols career. Oh, um, well, he, but he, was, he's, he was married to uh, um, The Sound of Music woman, right? Was it was Julie it, Andrews? Was he? Was it, was it Julie Andrews' husband? Let's find out. You got to check that out. Let's go to the out. internet. <laughs> I, but he and Elaine May were partners throughout like the 50s and 60s, and then they went their separate oh, ways until right. they reunited for this project. Yeah. But see, and that's cool to, uh, you know, to think that this guy had this sitting in the back burner. You know, he had to have thought for years that he wanted to do this. Um, 
Well, the fact that it had two Academy Award nominations as a foreign film, which is yeah. tough to get into the Academy. Oddly enough, didn't get nominated wise. for Best Foreign Film. Because uh, they, the they had a category for that. Right. So oddly didn't get that one. No, it did not. <laughs> he was married to Diane Sawyer at some point, but never Julie Andrews. And who was? Who was? I, yeah. Patricia Scott, Margot Caius. Got to look up Julie Andrews to see who her, her husband was. For did you know at home? Yes. <laughs> if you do, you call in to 555. Yeah. Leave, leave a comment if you right know now, who right. Julie Andrews is married to. I'm going to find oh. out. No, but Mike Nichols... Uh, Currently Blake Edwards. She was married to Tony Walton. Uh, no, Blake Edwards is who I'm thinking of. Well, he, that's her go. spouse. Mystery as, but he Until 2010. Yeah, yeah. he died yeah. Yep. like 12 years ago, but... Oh, and here comes an improv moment. So uh, this movie, uh, Mike Nichols actually insisted upon weeks of rehearsal prior to actually filming because he wanted to film the movie as much like a play as possible with a minimal amount of editing. So when you see these really long scenes, they actually they do it like a play. And uh, so they would do a lot of improv during the rehearsals. And uh, one of the moments is coming up right now where Albert is in the bakery and he asked to try a sample. <laughs> and then he comes back for a second. He goes, Oh, when the schnecken beckons, <laughs> apparently that's something that Nathan Lane improv during rehearsal. And so they kept it for the actual uh, movie. <laughs> well, there was a ton of, uh, a ton of improvisation. There was a ton of really creative uh, filmmaking, Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it, and it's not the sort of movie you would think of as being like, you know, it's going to have really interesting cinematography and things like that. But the opening shot of the movie, you know, um, oh, yeah, where the the credits begin and you have this long shot. I know I'm I'm, I'm actually <laughs> saying I, I actually know it. <laughs> um, they uh, you have this long shot of the credits uh, and it's over the the water by. Uh, Miami. Miami Vice looking. Yeah, it was very Miami Vice. Like cha- Changed change the music and it would have been, you mm-hmm. know, Miami Vice. But so you a have this long shot that ends up inside the club and they couldn't do like a Scorsese Goodfellas thing where they literally did one long shot. So they split right. it up into three and it was it literally started as a helicopter shot and then they did a very creative cut to the cameraman being on a crane, slowly coming down, mimicking the helicopter. Then the cameraman got off the crane and walked into the club. Uh And then you have another very creative cut, and then it's onto the soundstage. But it really does flow like one long shot from the Atlantic Ocean all the way into... If you said that at the beginning, I would have been paying more attention. Well, (laughs) it's on Prime. You can watch it again. Yes, it is. definitely going to watch it again. Did Mike Nichols do Working Girl? No. Okay, because they did a similar opening shot where they just went across the water in New York City, and like went right up to, right up to the apartment, and, that, and it was known for that opening shot. Does anybody want coffee? <laughs> no, but uh, one thing I pointed out. Cause no, was- no, you fool! Working Girl was obviously oh, directed by Mike Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, of course. So that's his. That's I knew his. that. I knew it, that Mr. from Brown. the you beginning. It. Well done. <laughs> you made me doubt myself. But yeah, so uh, one thing I pointed it out uh, when I was watching this with Josh, he was sort of tuned out playing his video game at home. And I said, I just love how convincing Robin Williams and Nathan Lane are as a romantic couple, despite the fact that they never kiss each other. It's true. Now, Albert did just come in from the market and gives Armand like a little peck on the cheek. Hello and complains about his mustache, uh, but they never kiss each other. 
and well, Josh. Yeah, was, that's why they're like a married couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. That's why they work an as a couple. Yeah, couple. they're like an old yeah, married couple. Yeah, exactly. No, but I su- yeah, what do you want? But I surprised Josh with that because he was playing his video game and he's seen this movie a bunch of times because I watch it, you know, at least once or twice a year. And he was like, "No, they." Oh my god, they never do kiss each other. And I was like, "No, they don't. Like, it's just they're just kind of." you know, happy and content with each other. And Armand, like, it's so funny because you said something about pitcher versus catcher. And I mean, Albert's literally the far more effeminate one. So, I'm just saying those things will surprise you sometimes. Yeah. He might be a tiger heard. in the bedroom. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Is he so, an otter, a bear? We don't know. <laughs> uh, best Mike Nichols film, you think? Ooh. Because I, I have a I personal, a I have a personal favorite Mike Nichols film that I think is I'm the only person who'll say. Who directed Mash? Uh, Altman. That was oh, Robert, that was Robert, Robert Altman. Altman. Okay, yeah. okay. Which which is a great movie. Yeah, absolutely has nothing to do with this. Um, mm, he's done so many. He has, but have. Have any of you seen the film regarding Henry? Oh my yes. gosh, of course. Okay, all right. I love that film. One of my all time favorite love movies. It. And I'm yes. surprised because usually when I, if, you know, because I do at cocktail parties, I'll just bring up that movie. Um, and people usually go, Why are you here? No one invited you. <laughs> um, and I get my drink and I leave. Um, but no, I loved regarding Henry. That was another one of those HBO surfing films. Yeah. And I said, Oh, look, Han Solo is in a film. Let me see. And he gets shot in the face real early Han? on. Oh, Han. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, when I'm solo, I'm using my hands. Well, so to be, to, to be fair, they call him Han in the movies sometimes because <laughs> no one true. could ever agree on how to Han say it. That's true. Oh, it's sort Han. of like Carrie Fisher occasionally being British. You know, yeah, she did go back yeah. and forth between calling him Han and Han. Yeah. Like, now Lando always called him Han. Yeah, but and I I was fine with and one character calling him one thing and another character calling him another. But Carrie Fisher would just waffle back and forth, which yeah. was aggravating. But no, uh, I'm actually going to vote Birdcage. That's okay. my favorite Mike Nichols movie. I, I, yeah, same. I, I think Birdcage is probably the best. I mean, the grad the, the graduate is one of the greatest things to ever happen in cinema in history. So you can't. Mrs. It's, Robinson. It, it, well, I'm I mean, disappointed about plastics. Yeah, I know. It yeah. didn't work. I, I, I tried really, to get a job in plastics. There it was, was such nothing. a hot tip yeah, back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've actually said that to my nephews before, like like uh, graduating high school. Actually, you know, I got one word for you. <laughs> plastics. <laughs> and they just go, what? See, well, when, I went, when I went to college, my dad had one word for me. Rubbers. Yeah. Here. Wow. Actually, my dad's word was leave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or pay rent. Um, Charlie Wilson's War was a good movie too. That was good. Yeah, yeah Charlie Wilson's War was good. Um, the the I always liked regarding Henry because it was it was Harrison Ford, but you got to see like two Harrison Fords in the same movie. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who played his wife. And this is all very much related to the birdcage. Bird <laughs> uh, but look, Mike Nichols, we lost him not too long ago, so I think it's okay to have a conversation about his career because he died um, maybe like what ten years ago. Let's find out. Um, <laughs> God. And uh, he w- really was one of those those directors who just was consistently making interesting, good movies, even if it wasn't something, you know. He died in 2014. Huge. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but we do actually need to take a quick break. All right. Uh, We've been talking that long. We have been. We yes. Been. So We're getting uh, worse. We yeah. must take a break. <laughs> so we are going to be back in about one second. And we're back. It's good to be back. Hello. And uh, we've gotten to, uh, I, I think it's the closest we get to a big musical number. 
Yes. It's got the most choreography. <laughs> I mean, you have, you have the musical stuff. You have the songs in the beginning, but but this is the one with... It's, uh, it's an interesting piece. And this was actually <clears throat> written... Uh, there were several songs. I've got to find it in my notes, but several of the songs were actually originally written for this movie. Uh, so the song that Albert's singing right now, uh, I can't remember what it's titled, but it's about uh, dreams and dreamers. Uh, that was actually written for this yeah. movie. Um, I'm trying to find Oh, the wait, part. what? Um, so, I wonder if you're just going to blow right I think they, I think they hired him because he was a beefcake, the young guy. The guy chewing the gum? Yeah. 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 Hey, well, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of those parts where it's just, you know, this is it. You're only going to be. Oh, yeah. So three songs. In fact, uh, Sondheim wrote Little Dream for the movie. Mm, I don't want to talk it. about Sondheim. OK, well, he also wrote Love is in the Air, which uh, Robin Williams sings later with. Uh, oh, what's her? The. I know you're talking. Incredibly talented woman whose name I can. Ne- Christine Baranski. Oh, yeah. um, I love Christine yes, Baranski. Who plays Val's biological mother. And then. um Oh, he actually wrote that song from A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, but they, they, they actually sing it or reference it at some point in the movie. But either way, so those were the three songs that made an appearance. And Robin Williams, like, he apparently had this part choreographed where, because it was a collaboration. So Robin Williams is trying to tell the backup dancer to not upstage Albert, and Albert's getting pissed because the guy is popping his gum and being annoying and... <laughs> Uh, so it was choreographed for Robin Williams to do the whole Fosse, 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 Martha Graham, Martha Graham. <laughs> and but it was Nathan Lane's addition toward the end of that line because he does this big song and dance in front of the guy and goes, but you keep it all inside. <laughs> and Nathan Lane said that was an actual thing that happened to him on a Broadway show. He goes, this director was trying to give me all this clear direction about this scene, but but you keep it all inside. <laughs> and so that's why they added that one little bit. So that part was improved. See, and I think it's Somewhat. great that that director, nobody knows who he is, but we no. all know who Nathan Lane is. <laughs> now, you have a beef with Stephen Sondheim? Well, only only because I, I spent, uh, we all spent a lot of time with uh, Into the Woods. <gasps> into oh. the Woods, Into the Woods. Shut the woods. your damn <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I had that fucking song. I had that musical stuck in my head for, yes. for weeks. At least you and, and I knew what that song in the musical was about. Mr. Brown had never even seen it. <laughs> no, I had never seen it. And it's, uh, I actually, uh, when we were doing uh, Into the Woods, I went back and I watched like the... Uh, the uh, Anna Kendrick version? No, not the Anna Kendrick <laughs> one. The original with, um, oh God, um, it's going to drive me nuts. I can't remember the name of the actress, but you have very, very talented cast. And, um, and I thought, well, I'm going to watch the original one, not the Into the Woods Junior. I'll see the ones with the grownups, and I'll, I'll yeah. really appreciate <laughs> it. And I watched difference. it, and I thought, this is not very good. Because <laughs> well, you need to see the one where Hannah Waddingham is the witch. Uh, She's in a Ted Lasso. She's the blue. So, oh, that, so that's recent. That's very recent. It was in 2010, I think, and it was on it was on the West End, but it was an outdoor performance. And so the whole set is outside. It's gorgeous. And she's the best witch in Into the Woods ever of all time. So I thought the Anna Kendrick was amazing. I thought the Anna Kendrick one wasn't bad, but the the musical itself is just kind of, it's not my favorite to start with. And then once you do the junior version, the show itself doesn't really make sense because they take, they take so much, they take too much out for Mm -hmm. any of the like stories to really be complete. Like you don't know that Jack is stealing from the giant and like it's, and there's not even a giant. Oh, in our version there wasn't, sorry. But um, yeah. Well, you know, it's into the woods junior. So, 
I mean, parents it, were just there to applaud little Timmy. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the kids did great. And it was directed. Oh, yeah. They were awesome. I mean, it was it was it, it's not it was a great play. But yeah, it's our anyway. most profit. It's our most profitable business unit, actually. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> by far. Yeah. I'm very by a country mile. The work so, that your uh, wife does. Mr. Brown, I've got to ask what's what's going on here with your uh, what your wardrobe change. I was just like, is this like a Beatles thing? I didn't change anything. Are you okay? Oh man, just check something. The drugs have begun to take hold. She is really hot. Temperature did rise. I've known her to be hot for a long period of time, but she's really hot now. What's happening right now? (laughs) We've got a fever. Are you having fever visions? It's possible. Um, I'm seeing like a psychedelic. I'm not seeing anything. Blouse and a wig. Right? Nothing. I mean, you look good. I do feel I do feel like somebody should be saying uh, singing uh, "Tiptoe Through the Tulips." That's the only thing I'm. No, you need a ukulele. Oh no! No! Oh no! no. Stop! Stop! Sorry, I love I love Tiny Tim, and if you remember Tiny Tim, you should go to bed. A cup of warm milk and go to <laughs> yeah, bed. Yeah, exactly. Now. You're it's late. <laughs> it's late for you. It's past your bedtime. Or go watch Blood Harvest, oh. the Tiny Tim movie that will absolutely <laughs> fuck you up. Oh God! Yeah, where he plays a crazy clown. Oh yeah, we learned. I learned so much from these. Yeah, he, yeah, he was in a Amazing. horror movie where he played a crazy clown. He was a great guy, though. Uh, I told, I told the, uh, I think I told you the story. But whenever he, he died, he he knew he was very very sick, but he wouldn't. Uh, he was supposed, he was he had a show, and he would not go to the hospital because people had showed up and they wanted Aww. him to go. And he was like, "No, I'm not disappointing my audience." Aww. And did his show and died. Mm. So. That sucks. What was it that he died of? I think it was a heart attack. Yeah, Aww. I think you know. Nothing, nothing, you know, uh, untoward or anything. Which is all very much to do with the birdcage. Yes, so, very much um, like the birdcage. Yeah, Sorry, we've, so much. we've reached the crux of the movie where Val is not only telling his dad that he's getting married. So that's Every the- time you say that, I think of Tremors. <laughs> oh, Valentine? Yeah. Every single time. Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Christian Slater. Because I remember you guys were like, why is he wearing a heart belt buckle? And I was like, because his name is Valentine. And you were like, oh my God. So there was that. But anyway, so Val has not only shocked his dads with the news that he's getting married at such a young age, but now he's adding the fact that he's marrying a girl who's Parents are, you know, right wing conservatives, and obviously there's an issue very, there very because very, very caricatured. Yes, yes. yeah, very caricatured. Yeah. And uh, he's telling his dad that he's got to change everything about himself, including his life partner. Like you've got to change the decor in the house. You got to change how you walk. You got you can't wear which any is, makeup. Like which, it. And I actually have a problem with with the whole not a problem, but it's such an idiotic plan. Oh, it is. Because it's, even if you pull it off once. It's not the one time exactly. the parents yeah, are ever going to see each other. That, that's what an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old would think of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Further so, proof that he's too young to get married. Yeah, exactly. it, no, it's actually absolutely correct, you know. Um, yeah, but it's like they say, you know, any situation is always going to be ruled by the least reasonable and most crazy person. Unfortunately, because so, they yeah. tend to kick up the most fuss. Yeah. Precisely. But... So Robin Williams now is also faced with a challenge. He has to get rid of Albert for the night. And that's, which is no mean feat because as we've previously mentioned, Nathan Lane's character is rather melodramatic and he just, he doesn't understand why he can't just be, you know, fun uncle Al and dress in a suit when they're like, Oh, come on, (laughs) that's not going to (laughs) work. Well, the funny thing is too, is if they were really aware of, of Jane or Senator, whatever is Keely, uh, Keely, Keely, uh, of his circumstances, they really are in the catbird seat. They can kind of call the shots, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, it, it's not like this guy's on top of the world. 
you know, everything's falling apart for him. So they could really, you know, they could just tell him this is how it is and too bad. Um, but, you know, they don't. And instead we get wacky Trying hijinks. to keep everything copacetic, I think. I that's, feel like uh, it's a sweet kind of commentary about how accepting and adapting the gay community is rather than trying to control things because of where they're coming from. Well, and know, that well, you're absolutely right, because this was before gay marriage was legalized back yeah. in 1996. and before like El- Will and Grace even. Yeah, but Ellen hadn't come out. Even Nathan Lane, apparently, allegedly, he had come out to, like, uh, very close friends and family, but he hadn't come out publicly. And so there when, were people who... Who were wondering <laughs> i mean oh when is nathan gonna marry a nice girl <laughs> she doesn't have when an upstairs is, when is he gonna settle down and start a family no but um stop this broadway nonsense. well there's a sweet story behind that because when he and robin williams went on oprah together nathan lane was concerned that she was going to question him about his orientation and robin williams apparently Why are you gay He was like, Nathan, you don't have to answer a single question that you don't want to. And apparently spent most of the interview kind of deflecting and buffering for Nathan Lane so that Oprah couldn't like peg him in a corner about his sexual orientation. Metaphorically. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are just going to rip apart everything I have to say. (laughs) We love your train of thought. Train. Train. <laughs> yeah. Power yeah. bottom. Yes. <laughs> these, are the, these are the boys that I hang out with in yeah. my free time, Amanda. Yes. I know. She's the meat in our sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a fourth wheel now. <laughs> we welcome you with open arms. You Save me, Gene. I need you, Jeremy. <laughs> we don't really have guests. We have witnesses. It's not yeah. subtle. Yes. Uh, yes, if I ever is, disappear. Check with these two first. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna come up with a scuba product. I'm gonna call. I don't know what it is the yet. Snorkel? But it, no, it's gonna be called the Power Bottom. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what it is or what it does, but. <laughs> So oh my god someone needs to copyright that <laughs> tm it puts well, that's something what, in your mouth and allows you to breathe that's yeah. what jeremy's gonna be as that's roger usually, debris the uh, power there you go okay nice. power bottom. i cannot wait to see that show Trademark. i loved 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 him in that last show when does that happen so funny money, yeah. oh, funny funny money, money. just ended. no 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 the, uh, oh uh july 21st I, yeah it's july Shoot. yeah so for our australian audiences if you happen <laughs> yes, to be in the atlanta yes, area yeah. Please come see Jeremy yeah. Choate. Considering how long it's going to take for me to get this on the air, uh, if you have a, if you have a time machine, please travel back in time. It is 2023, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is July 21st through August 13th. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Because we're filming this before the aliens attack. No, so, that's right. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get out before then. It might be sneaking in the building. as the we... aliens attacking? I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. That's the next one. <laughs> we'll let yeah. We know it after it happens. It's Which is actually funny topic. because I was talking to somebody about that. I said, that's going to be the next thing is it's going to be aliens. And they say, you're crazy. Literally in the past week, I've seen probably half a dozen alien stories in mainstream news. Oh, geez. Uh, and, and it's like, I this. oh, yeah, no, like like a whole bunch of uh, uh, like what was the guy at Stanford just came out and said, oh, yeah, they're real. They're here, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that's the whole like. Yeah. And I'm um, like lizard people thing. Yeah. You know, but this guy, hops. this guy's a professor at Stanford, though. So, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so that's going to be the next thing. And so hopefully I can get this show out before, before that happens. Because uh, <laughs> we'll have no power. Now we won't have any power. Mm-hmm. So we live in the dark ages. If you have like a se- theater, though. That's true. If, yeah, entertainment. If you we'll have reenact a, it. Yeah, we'll get like a fake TV <laughs> and we'll all act inside. <laughs> like yeah. Tropic Thunder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tropic Thunder. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 
Have so, you done that? Oh, y'all need to do that. We have not done Tropic oh Thunder, actually. No, no, we haven't. We haven't done Blazing Saddles either, so. No. <laughs> oh. Stinking badges. You get Jeremy back for that one. It's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, oh, my. It's a great movie. Um, so the the plot, the the not the plot of the movie, but the plot, the plan, the scheme, is to get rid of Nathan Lane for one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the effeminate accoutrement. Yeah, in the, de-gay the house. Yeah, de-gay the house. There you go. And um, they're going to get the uh, uh, Calista Flockhart's parents over, and they're going to have one night where everybody's going to act straight, and and, and everything's going to work out And then out it's fine. over, yeah. Like, and, but they're expecting two people, you know, <laughs> mom and dad. Right. And so who is, uh, who's mom? Uh, I just said her name a minute Baransky. ago. Christine no. Baranski. Oh, that's the real mom, yes. The, real the mom. biological yeah, the re- yeah, mom. Yeah, the real mom. Biological mother. Why and, is he wearing a prison outfit on the beach? I thought they were pajamas. That They're, was very stylish. It's in, uh, linen. Miami. It back is. Then. It's nice yeah. and light, I guess, in mm-hmm. the, well, the hot weather. A little bit the stripes. But yeah, yeah, so Agador is left in charge of degaying the house, as you phrased it, Jason, which is probably not the best idea. And Val keeps coming out, and he's like, "Who put porn in the bathroom?" And one of the guys goes, uh, "No, those are Playboys. That's not porn." Okay, have you ever read a Playboy? No. Okay, some yeah, of the most insightful commentary. Oh, oh wonderful! Okay. And recipes. Wonderful. Yeah. And great recipes. Great recipes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and comics. Uh, don't they great. have Dear Abby in those? I think so, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it exists anymore, does no, it? No, it doesn't. It's gone. Playboy? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's well, over. okay. That, that so- was literally the the moment I realized that I was free after high school was I go to college <laughs> and I, one day I'm, I'm in college uh, like a week and I go to my PO box and I open the PO box and there's a little card in there and oh. it's a fill this out, mail it back and you get a subscription going. to Playboy. Oh, and I went... God. No one's going to stop me. (laughs) (laughs) And I like on the spot, every single guy filling it out. (laughs) Like the mailman. My parents are never going to find out. They're never going to find out. I don't have to steal them from my dad anymore. Yeah. So the mailman probably like the next month delivered probably 500 copies of Playboy. (laughs) Like 45 pounds of Playboy. (laughs) Every mailbox was a Playboy. They're clean. And you know, your dad, your dad didn't handle them first. Exactly. Oh, exactly. All the pages just opened up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) but the point of mentioning playboy was that val comes out of the bathroom he's like who put playboys in the bathroom and one of the drag queens goes leave it that's what they read (laughs) and he's like guys don't add just subtract because they keep like they bring in some ridiculous moose head and some giant crucifix Mm -hmm. at some point trying to straighten up the house because this was before that's what they do yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah they hunt and they worship Jesus. So that's why they got those <laughs> they two props. They eat and, and they, they sleep and they make baby sharks. Yes. Okay. And they, they don't football. enjoy sex. Yeah. They do not enjoy sex. <laughs> it's for procreation yes. only. Mm. Thank you very much. Um, but the plan hits a speed bump. Of course. When <gasps> a complication, if you yes. know, to use oh, the to yes. use the, the cinematic term. And it's uh because Albert uh finds out. And gets offended that he's to be gotten rid of for the evening. Uh, Robin Williams is trying to deter him and distract him any way that he can, like saying, oh, I'll take you shopping. I'll buy you anything you want. And But they wind up back at the apartment and Nathan Lane thinks they've been robbed because all of their earthly possessions are gone. And Well, I mean, that's kind of a logical conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. And they were like, well, Barbara and her family are coming and we thought it'd be better if 
you weren't here. And Nathan Lane takes that rather I've heard poorly. that so many times in my life. <laughs> but for you, it's a relief because you're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't have to commit yeah. to this social situation. See ya. Maybe that's the difference between a straight guy and a gay guy. Is the straight guy goes, oh, you don't want me here? Huh. Thank Bye. goodness. Thanks I'll see Lord. you next week. Oh, dinner with the family and I don't have to come? <laughs> Peace. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll be. At, I'll be at the hot wing place. But this is just one of his many Freaking melodramatic playboys. moments where Nathan Lane is like, "Oh, okay, fine." The freak is leaving, I and think, just I think I have that shirt. <laughs> the pink one or the, the pink one. one? I think I have the pink one. <laughs> I know Except I do. I only have one pocket. When so. pink was in, yeah, is it in anymore? It, it was. Comes it and it goes. came back, and yeah. I think it's out again. Yeah. Um, okay. You know. So, but that's one of. There's another big speed bump that occurs with uh, Baranski. Do tell. Yes. She gets caught in traffic. She yes. does, but, well, they do, they go back and forth. So the plot, as you referred to it, Jason, keeps thickening with more and more ridiculous turns because Robin Williams is torn about getting rid of Nathan Lane because it's hurting his feelings so badly. And so he decides that he's going to be able to butch Albert up for the evening. Oh, that is <laughs> and this good. is what's That's about to stuff. happen. That they stop at uh, a restaurant for lunch and you get this great scene where... Robin Williams is like, okay, we're going to eat some toast and don't dribble mustard on it. Smear. <laughs> Min smear. And he's trying to get him to walk around like John Wayne and just deepen his voice. Just the whole uh-huh. nine. It's but, fantastic. But it's and and what's pinky. brilliant, what's brilliant about that, mm. and it's something that in pretty much any other movie, they wouldn't have done it this way. They do the whole make him, you know, we're going to make you act like a masculine man. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit. It has a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's over. Yeah. If this was an Adam Sandler movie, that would be the whole movie. Whole movie. Yeah. Would be that. And this one, it's like, no, they got the mileage. Go on to the next thing. Well, because you it know. keeps they keep following up with more and more ridiculous stuff because Albert yeah. doesn't end up passing for straight so much as spoiler alert, he dresses up like Val's mom. Because <laughs> Christine Baranski does hit traffic, Adam, like you mentioned, uh, because at first Robin Williams actually approaches her, even though they haven't spoken in Which 20 years. That is a cute yeah, scene. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very Oh, very it's adorable. Scene. They're reminiscing yeah. about their first show together. And apparently uh, back in the day, she spent $20 to get the doorman to let, uh, <laughs> let her into Robin Williams' room so they could sleep together. And his exact line was, oh, you know what? Let's try it this once and see what all those straight guys are raving about. And he, he did it, they did it twice. Yes. Twice in one night. Between so he 2.30 had, and 3.45 a.m. Hey, I mean, he had to have liked it a little. Well, my, my sense, if Nathan Lane hadn't been around, he might have done it a third time. He might she, have. She was working her magic yeah. on him. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed the magic she was working. Well, she's she a was flirting nut. with him pretty hard. Oh, yeah, hard, she's a fitness hardcore. queen. She yeah. owns her own fitness uh, boutique now. And uh, so it's called like Workout World. But she and Robin Williams start like dancing around and reminiscing about numbers from their old uh, from their old show. And she's like, you know, touching his chest hair and yeah, pulling she's on going his for chain. It, yeah. yeah, she's definitely hitting on him. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And she's got, you know, uh, it might have happened except the dollar store Kathy Ireland <laughs> came in. I was thinking dollar store Kathy Bates, but oh, you know. Oh. Wait, what? What? <laughs> I thought you meant when Nathan Lane busts in and interrupts them. Yeah, with wish.com Kathy Ireland. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I ruined that. I'm waiting for no, this scene because now I'm trying to remember the way she's oh. dressed. It's a blonde haired lady. Oh. The secretary, right? Yeah. Yeah. She looked like. 
Jill Ireland. Was it Jill Ireland? Kathy Ireland. Oh, Kathy Ireland. Oh, Kathy, Kathy Bates. No, okay. <laughs> I was thinking when he was... very different the, people. Never mind. Never mind. That ankle. I was thinking Wackle. about the scene where he busts in the door before he's in the wig. Yeah, because I, I, I spent a lot of time with a particular issue of Sports Illustrated, so <laughs> I know. Okay. Those pages are just disgusting at this point. <laughs> yeah, just like the Playboy. Just like the Playboy. I was referring to the gold cap scene where he's still in the pink... Sh- he's oh, in the yeah, big okay, pink okay. outfit. I was thinking more Kathy Bates, but... Um, but and, and the whole thing with, with uh, Albert is very touching, though, because as, as melodramatic as he is, you do really feel for the guy. Well, and he like, does finally come around to saying, because it, it seems as though he's being selfish by wanting to stick around, but then really later not. in the movie, yeah. no, he but goes, he just Val, really loves their son. Yeah, yeah he's he goes, been a part of his life for yeah. years. And he goes, Val, I just wanted so badly to help you. And that yeah. was the moment where he kind of broke both Val's and Armand's hearts. But, but they it, still went ahead and put him in the room anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Well, because, I mean, you see him pouring through a family a family photo album, and he's like, oh, Val won the penmanship award when he was in fifth grade. Oh, and he's just like, and meanwhile, Armand is trying to, you know, play a song. And he's like, Albert, you're driving me nuts. And he goes, you know what the problem is? You just can't stand sharing your son with well, me. <laughs> like, yeah, and it, it is ridiculous. It, it's touching because you also realize that you know albert's been much more of a parent than val's actual mother because his mom they try to paint her in kind of a sympathetic light but but she abandoned her she doesn't know a damn thing about her kid she like doesn't know how old he is no she even asked she's like oh he's getting married how old is he now 20 yeah no she's not i have she could have died in a car accident i would have been fine i like that that's kind of putting a woman in the place that they normally put a deadbeat dad into like a dad who's yeah yeah and she's got a very masculine energy, which I thought was kind of interesting when all of a sudden she's hitting on Robin Williams again. And he's like, oh, I well, I like this again. They do make a deliberate point out of that when she pops the champagne between her legs and it explodes everywhere. <laughs> and <laughs> she right. even says she goes, I'm not very maternal. And Robin Williams returns with, uh, oh, it's all right. I'm very maternal. And Albert is practically abreast. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's and, right. But yeah. Albert is the feminine, like nurturing one. And not just with Val, he's he tries to take care of everybody around him he does the shopping and even when he's in the middle of his meltdown in the beginning of the movie he looks at agador and he's like darling have you eaten you look haggard like (laughs) he cares about everybody so much it's so sweet it is we need to take one more break all right and so having too much fun with this movie (laughs) so we will be back in about another one second and we're back hello (laughs) hello <clears throat> hello, hello. Okay, you guys, I'm not the only one seeing this, right? What? I Seriously. What? I've been drinking for a while, so. Oh, my God. I don't even. What Amanda, you, ta- you what see it, right? What are you talking about? See what? what? I mean, there's just a lot of heat radiating from this direction. That's all I know. <laughs> it's very Guatemalan. It's, yes. <clears throat> it's it's Guatemalan. <laughs> so, in the movie, <laughs> and we have skipped ahead a bit because uh, we you have, have to, limited yeah. runtime. Um, we've, we've gotten to the part where the, the families have gathered for dinner. Yes. And the real complication, um, has, has occurred, which is that, uh, out of nowhere, Nathan Lane has emerged and he is now pretending to be Val's mother. He's in full drag. He's in yes. full drag and, and looking quite, uh, totally not plausible. No, uh, he no looks one, like... no one in God's green earth would fall for this. He looks Eddie Izzard ish. Except Senator <laughs> Yeah, Senator Keeley. Well, he looks. Well, that's a great twist to the evening. Is that Senator Keeley starts kind of 
crushing on Albert now, in female form. <laughs> now, what's what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not that fall, Amanda. It's when Robin Williams falls down. So Agador just fell in the kitchen because um, when they're planning, uh, right before the Keeleys arrive, uh, Nathan Lane storms out, and that was an ad lib when he is upset and thinking that Armand, you know, is... Feel, he has feelings toward Val's mother, and so he storms off after that. He has multiple storm-offs, but uh, he has his little bag with his toothbrush in it, and he goes, I'm going to Las Copa. And Robin Williams is like, all right, I'll bite. There's nothing in Las Copa but a cemetery. You're going to a cemetery with nothing but a toothbrush. How Egyptian. <laughs> that, that was an ad lib line. And so Nathan Lane yeah. storms out and eventually emerges dressed like a woman, like you said, Jason, but, and Senator Keeley is crushing on her. But meanwhile, Agador is forced to cook the meal. And Val even asks him, he's like, you do know how to cook, right? And Agador's like, your father seems to think so. <laughs> so like, he's just making this random pot of stew with like hard boiled eggs and shrimp and stuff. And yeah, he's everything. making chowder gumbo. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just had flashbacks. Did you know that Mung Chatter Gumbo has tuna fish? This is thrilling. Uh, <laughs> stop it. Anyway. My therapist says I don't have to listen to things like that. <laughs> Hurt speech. But yeah, so Agador's struggling to make the meal. And then we just saw the fall. So Amanda, why don't you tell us what just happened? Because Robin Williams takes a fall in the kitchen. So what's the story behind that? <laughs> Um, apparently, you know, the fall was obviously not scripted, but I was trying to find whatever line and I couldn't remember off the top of my head, but apparently all he did was he slips and falls unexpectedly. He jumps up and just goes on with the scene by basically screaming at Armand and running out the door. And Armand is, he says, apparently later in interviews, he's like, I, I'm trying to pretend that I'm very emotional and crying, but really I'm trying not to laugh. Yeah. Like, and that was yeah. a common thing in this movie. Like at some, at, at one point they had to, uh, to put a, a soundproof blanket over Mike Nichols. Cause he, <laughs> oh yeah. Cause he was laughing. Cause he was so laughing much. so much. Uh, I, it was wow. either, it was either during the, I think it was during the dinner scene. He was literally sitting there laughing <clears throat> and he was, he was blowing the takes. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's what I would do, you know, and, and it's interesting too because the whole thing with the fall, he did what I, with the takes? He blew them, oh, he yeah, blew he just, them, phrasing, <laughs> blew the takes. <laughs> the takes were blown anyway, <laughs> hard. It was his job though, <laughs> so, so you would almost call it. I he, would, he worked hard for the money. Yeah. No, um, the cool thing is, uh, I think I told you guys. Uh, I saw a thing that uh, Michael Caine uh, did. Um, oh God! Um, I, Just focus. I think Michael Caine uh, would uh, kill me if I asked him nicely. Um, anyway, Michael Caine had a, a, a workshop uh, with actors, and he talked about using the difficulty. Ah, and I, I like thought it was that. the coolest thing because he said he said a director told him that once. He said if you're if you you're supposed to walk on stage and you go to open the door, but the door won't open. Mm -hmm. If it's a comedy you use the difficulty and you make it a bit where the door, you eventually force it open and you fall and it's funny. Or if it's drama, you kick the door in and you use that like, you know, dramatic energy. And it's so cool. Cause that's literally what Robin Williams did in that. Cause he fell, kept going, yep. used it. And it ended up being absolutely, you know, mm -hmm. fantastic. And no one, no, no one would have guessed that it was improv. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, if you do it right, people just think it was supposed to happen. Absolutely. And if you do it wrong, you look 
Well. Ridiculous. Are you pointing at him? <laughs> you look ridiculous. You oh, look so you're seeing unnatural. it now. You is look unnatural. You're seeing it now all of a sudden? Well, I'm not crazy. No, the pink elephant just walked out, and now I caught a good glimpse of it. Uh, yeah, much better. <laughs> Are you in your more natural state of comfort, Mr. Brown? I find it quite liberating, actually. This is why I can't watch Silence of the Lambs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this literally ruined Silence you know, of the Lambs. You can't switch to kilts because that's why he wears them too. Uh, uh, does. Yeah, at least yeah, y'all weren't stupid enough. You weren't stupid enough to loan him a robe. Oh, yes. <laughs> loan him a robe? Was, oh yeah, I'm never wearing it yeah. again. He gave it, it back, now. but I'm was, never wearing it again. It was too crunchy when I returned. Oh so God. <laughs> because he likes to eat hot pockets in bed okay exactly. that's why you filthy-minded fools so out there all you people La La who want to complain and report us on youtube just cap up your ink pots okay <laughs> of all the things to eat in the bed <laughs> I can, whoa i, can, I like that damn. Crazy. <laughs> from out of Crazy. nowhere <laughs> i think she just won the up better things is all i'm saying yeah. God. And you wouldn't hey. get so crunchy. So Yeah, but when you get to a certain age, a hot pocket starts to sound better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. TV in a hot pocket. I quit. Yeah. That's one of those things I grew up. I quit. Oh, wait a minute. I'm out. God bless. <laughs> All right, Bert. Uh, I didn't know Bert was joining us in the studio tonight. You got uh, Bert Reynolds laughing. Gene, what do you think of this? Gene uh, does not approve. Um, Gene's very upset with this. He's crossing his arms. He's this body language right there. I I actually looked up, uh, there's a signature on here and, uh, Bransa, I think is the last name. It's interesting because this is a guy who his career was actually, he, he painted things for movies. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, what a cool job! If you were an artist, you get a phone call and they say, "Look, we're doing this movie. Uh, we need some artwork. It's going to be in an office, and it's Gene Hackman's office. Can you give us a portrait of Gene Hackman?" Sure. And so you you do a portrait of Gene Hackman you know, in a suit with a flag pin. We had a com check like question of the day when I was running cats when we I was a deck electrician. So one of the questions was very last one actually was question of the day: What is an imaginary job you would want to have? That sounds like one of those jobs I would made up Absolutely. that I would love to have if I was good at painting. I ended up saying I'd like to be an emotional support human for animals. That was the best I could come up with. <laughs> Everybody else was way more creative. I bet they creative. could use it. Those poor animals must get so I mean, stressed out on it's stage. it's a need. Yeah. Yeah, Jim, uh, Jim Band, heck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce it, Bandsa, B-A-N-D-S-U-H. Yeah. Uh, illustrator and painter from Cleveland, Ohio. And he's got a lot of really interesting stuff. But just a fascinating... Does stuff sell for a high price? Uh, I honestly don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Even though that's priceless. Movies, yeah. But just yeah, this in case is you priceless. fall on yeah, hard you can't times, sell this, right? no. Oh, no. Absolutely no. not. This will be passed down, you know. You know, when uh, one day there'll be a giant manor house and above the fireplace. <laughs> <will be> this- <laughs> no, it needs to be over yeah. something like in the bathroom or somewhere weird. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Yeah. Over the toilet and Gene Hackman exactly. staring at you oh while gosh. you're sitting there. <laughs> while you're trying to evacuate. <laughs> See, actually, that's going to go in my guest bathroom. Because that'll probably staring be at my guests. a great cure for constipation. Yeah, or it'll in- inspire well, constipation. I was about to say, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> you call that a shit? <laughs> Pathetic. I crap bigger than you. <laughs> 
Curly. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, here's another wrinkle in the plot. So uh, Christine Baranski, Robin Williams originally asked her to show up to pose as Val's mother, which she is. But oh, yeah. uh, So then they change their minds after Albert comes out dressed in drag and they leave a note for her to not come upstairs. But the reporters who have gotten hip to Senator Keeley trying to duck the news stories, uh, they actually tear down the note so that Christine Baranski still comes upstairs. And so now the jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Yeah, and it, I, I kind of wonder, because they're they're very explicit saying that it's National Enquirer, and I've always wondered, like, did they go to the National Enquirer and give them money? I wonder. So, you know, because, I think they would take money for anything. No, I know, but, so, <laughs> but, but would you give them money? Or would, you, would it make more sense and be more ethical to change it and come up with a fake tabloid? Or just wait for the lawsuit. Or, yeah, just let I mean, you. there you yeah. go. You know, yeah, I don't know. They must have pretty sharp lawyers. Oh, I'm sure. You, I'm you would have to imagine. But um, uh, we have another tender moment here, too. So the entire time, Val is almost kind of a dick to poor Albert, like telling him that. No, he's he, really a dick. Yeah, to like it just. He's an, I don't like Val. Especially when know. Albert's done nothing but love him and support him and actually step into that role. Like you said, Amanda, he he was his mother mm -hmm. growing up. And, uh, but finally Val comes to his senses and they're like, so how many mothers does Val have exactly? And he takes off Albert's wig and he goes, this is my mother. And my father owns the nightclub downstairs and my mother is the star. And so and the then jig Superman flies in and it's this whole thing with Lex Luthor. <laughs> it's a huge battle. But so the Keeleys are about to not storm out, but they're forcing Barbara to go with them and they're going to leave. But then they discover all of the news vans that are outside waiting for Senator Keeley to yeah. bust him on this further complex scandal of his son marrying into uh, a gay nightclub family. So, yeah. and, and Senator Keeley just can't understand what's happening. <laughs> what, what's, this woman I had crushing can, on is a can, man. Can we just talk for a second about how incredible Incredibly talented Gene Hackman is. Oh, he, he looks is. so vulnerable there. That's probably the most vulnerable I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's it's interesting because I remember... Until he's in drag at the end, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but the, I remember um, somebody years and years ago uh, was an acting teacher, and he said, the way you can spot a really good actor, like the really, really good actors are the ones who do transitions. Yep. And he said, if you can, if you can go from a mood to the opposite mood... And, and the audience just goes with you on it. That's really tough to do. And it's a really mark of a great actor. And Gene Hackman nails that. Because he's all up on his high horse. And how many mothers yeah, does it, Val have? And, and then all of a sudden. And he slides into that. Yeah. You know, that that everything is bad. And, you know, he, he he's off his high horse now. Uh, the guy just, you know, and, and he's still alive. He doesn't act anymore. I did look him up recently. He's just retired. He's retired. And living yeah. a middle-aged or middle-class life. Like, yeah. mowing his lawn and crap. Yeah. Well, he, he was he was warned that his heart is starting to get weak, and he was concerned that if he continues oh, acting, it? yes, it, it may kill him. So he just said, you oh, know geez. what? I'm just going to coast in. But you, you know who his, his best friend was when they were young actors? Do tell. Robert Duvall. Okay. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. They were buddies. And, and Can you just, imagine the drinking sessions uh, that must have gone oh, on between man. the two of them? But there were stories, and I can't remember if it was Duvall or if it was Gene Hackman, when they were young, terrified actors, they would run up and slide their headshots under the, the agent's uh, door and run away. Oh. <laughs> it would be like two kids pulling yes. a prank. That's adorable. Okay. I would uh, do that. So I would be terrified. Me too. Best, best Gene Hackman movie. 
favorite Gene Hackman movie. His best is hard to say. Mine is Unforgiven. I love him mm. as Curly Bill in Unforgiven. Mm. He's such a good bad guy. That's a hard one. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh it is know. tough. It's very tough because, I mean, one, he's been in many, thousands many of movies. I was about to say, there's so many to choose from. I'm a big French Connection. Uh, the French guy. Connection I'm is, yeah. French connection I guy. saw that probably about, in fact, I watched it uh, f- flying on uh, overseas once. And so Last there's year. a chase scene in Chicago with the elevated rails oh, yeah. where they're like driving, you know, and they can't oh, yeah. cut over because of the, the pylons or whatever. That's oh, incredible. Oh. I didn't like the sequel. No, no, I didn't like the yeah, sequel. Yeah, the sequel wasn't very good. Um, and it's cool because it was really a true-ish story. It was. Yeah. And Popeye and Doyle. Popeye right? Doyle, yeah. I told real you dude. the story, right? Um, Gene Hackman went to Popeye Doyle and said, can I use your hat for the film? And Doyle said, absolutely not. <laughs> this is my hat. <laughs> Fuck you, kid. Get your own hat. Yeah. Get out of here. I would have to say I was pleasantly surprised when he all of a sudden appeared in Young Frankenstein. And I was like, oh, my God. That's that's a funny guy. And he's done goofy movies like that, like the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, God, he's fantastic. He's always great no matter what he does. And even when he's playing the straight man, he's somehow one of the funniest people in the room. Like That that, that movie has the, the, the weirdest cry scene for me. And I've never figured out why in the Royal Tenenbaums when they let the fl- the the dove go, uh-huh. and they're playing um, oh, shit the Beatles song. Um, let it be. No, I, it's it, been a long time. Yesterday, yeah. no, uh, but it, for I some reason, remember. yeah, it just it absolutely gets me. But yeah, Royal Tenenbaums. That's that might be that the was best. a textured that performance. Might, yeah. That might be the best Gene Hackman. I'm movie. saying it might be. You know, it, it's not even my favorite movie, like, but oh, I think it's, it's one movie, of his best yeah, performances. Yeah. Well, then there's the Poseidon Adventure when he calls. Oh yeah, the yeah, valve. yeah. Poor Shelley Winters. God, yeah. you know. Yes. I mean, that's that's. Oh yeah, the Poseidon Adventure. That, it's tough. Mm. I mean, the guy's been at Superman. Oh, probably not yeah. his best movie. Oh, oh my goodness! Probably yes. not his best. But that was like probably the first time yeah. I saw him as a child was when he was Lex Luthor, and I completely forgot that was him. I, I yeah, I think that was probably yep. the first time most of us of our generation saw him. Yes, you know. he's paid very well for that role. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, absolutely. That's how he bought his it, house in I'd Malibu. I'd say Birdcage is just like Richard up Pryor there. was by the time they got to uh, Superman Four. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it, you know, it's a shame that he's retired, but he's earned it. Speaking you know, of Richard he, Pryor, I think he was actually supposed to be in this movie as well. Um, well, I, this was about the time he was diagnosed. Um, he, I, he was supposed to originally be the butler because the butler was African. Oh, that would have been in awesome the French, oh. in the French version. Uh, but it was considered a little too racy for them to have a butler who was black. Uh, like so, they decided to change up the cast because Agador Hank Azaria was originally like the stage director. And so they switch. They all the roles swapped around quite a bit uh, when they were first casting and kind figuring of a fluid, things out. Kind of a fluid production. And to that end, uh, when they were talking about doing a sequel a few years later, Hank Azaria flat out refused because I think the story was going to center around uh, Agador going back to Guatemala to visit his family. Oh, no. Cousin Eddie's island adventure all over again. But Armand has passed away, and they were going to focus on Nathan Lane navigating the world without his partner. And he goes with Agador to Guatemala. That sounds terrible. Oh, I know. Oh, it, it, it sounds horrible. So I'm ultimately glad that Hank Azaria turned it down. But the reason why was kind of, uh, he said he didn't want to offend anybody because he figured that Agador might be perceived differently in later years. And Nathan Lane allegedly said, I have one word for you, Apu. Well, he stopped doing Apu. I, well, yeah, that was yeah, after stopped, this, though. Yeah. Like, so. 
I mean, it's like, come on, dude. You built your you built your entire career on this stuff. Okay, you know, who's prettier, Gene Hackman or Mr. Brown? Gene oh, Hackman. He's so cute. Um, come I on. His, I love his cotton candy hair. Yeah, I know. And I love the end. It's just a real small bit where he goes up to his driver and gives him twenty dollars and said, "Meet me, meet me around the block." And the guy's like, "No way, not for a million not, bucks, not lady." Million oh my bucks. god, he well, looks like freaking. What? Who was the the Southern chef who's now disgraced? Paula Dean. Paula Dean. Uh, <laughs> she, she's famous for exactly one thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I told yeah, she still has a restaurant. Oh, we, we drove oh, by yeah, it when we went does. to Savannah yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's she's still got one in Pigeon Forge too. Oh, she's got more than one? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's a franchise. Yeah. I think they they probably can't branch out of South Georgia, though. No. Nah. But, yeah. but the, talk about vulnerability. Gene Hackman sort of mouthing along to We Are Family by Sister Sledge. And he goes, he's like clutching on his daughter. And he's like, I don't want to be the only girl not dancing. You can't leave me alone. I told them that I was going to look fat if they put me in white. Like, it was so great. <laughs> so well And his it's, wife. It's died. weird that... Uh, his Richard wife. Richard Pryor <laughs> would have been uh, Agador. Well, because Richard because Richard Pryor, I think it was Richard Pryor. Let me because check. Richard Pryor he was in Lost Highway in 1997, and that was a big deal because he was in his wheelchair. Let me make sure because oh he because he had uh, he was diagnosed with MS. Right, right. I remember. Uh, it was like in the mid 90s. Maybe I'm messing up my actors because I think Lost check. Highway was the last thing he did. I think it was the last movie he did. Um. Oh, was that wig really aged Callista, Callista Flockhart there? She looked like, um, yeah. what's her face? Oh, my God. I can't think of my names now. Like From cur- uh, present, Cabaret. Present day Callista Flockhart. <laughs> well, no, but who was the actress in Cabaret who was... Um, oh, Liza Minnelli? Liza Minnelli. In that oh, wig. I completely, yeah. I completely goofed. It wasn't Richard Pryor. Aha. Uh, um, it was David Allen Greer. <laughs> oh, oh. Very different. Very different yes. people. Very different I don't know person. why I thought Richard Pryor. It was David Keith. It, <laughs> Keith David. Keith David. Keith David. David. That guy. Sorry, I read that. Uh, my mistake. Uh, but yeah, either way, it was the same argument. They didn't want to have an African-American butler because they thought that would be perceived, in, you know, badly. <laughs> the calculus that goes into these decisions I, sometimes is just so like, just hire the guy who's best for the part. <laughs> And I think that's Hank Azaria. It is. It is Hank Azaria. He's one of the most quotable characters in the entire movie. Like Meg and I quote this movie back and forth all the time. And one of our favorites is when um, Agador's running around barefoot and Val is like, I need you to put on some shoes to go with your butler uniform. He goes, ah, sir, but you see, there would be no point. I do not wear shoes because they make me fall down. I think I've actually heard (laughs) you say that to her. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you have. We, We do it a lot. But. And then the movie wraps. So uh, the Keelys sneak out of the birdcage by dressing in drag. And even the mom gets to have a little fun because a guy's like bumping hips with her. And he goes, I've never danced with a man before. And she lowers her voice and she's like, there's always a first time. <laughs> <laughs> so the Keelys get out by dressing in drag. And like you said, Adam, they hop in um, uh, Baranski's car and make their getaway. And he's he's telling the driver, meet me on the corner of this and Palm. Lady, not for a million bucks. Like, <laughs> And it ends with a nice big white wedding because that the Keeleys thought originally when they thought that Armand was an attache to Greece and that Albie was a housewife, they were like, oh, we can cover this scandal with Senator Jackson by having a big white wedding and getting away from the whole scandalous, you know, scandalous thing. And but no, then it turns out that it's Albie and Armand instead of an attache and a housewife waiting to happen. Exactly. Oh, and this one drag queen, he sees Bob Dole at the wedding. He's like, 
Bob Dole is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was about the time. Wasn't this about the time of uh, of the uh, Bob Dole? um, No, 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 this is 96. No, no, the Bob Dole Viagra commercial. (gasps) Oh, with Britney Spears. That's right. What? I would have seen that at all. Uh, I I would have remembered that. I don't know anything about this. When he, when he, uh, it's like ew. Yeah, because it's like he's. Britney Spears is on TV and then it cuts back and it's Bob Dole and he's next to his dog and the dog barks and he's like, easy boy. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. I had no idea that was natural. I met thing. Bob Dole once. <clears throat> How'd you like him? He was a nice guy. No, he really was. He was cool. Yeah. We, uh, he, he told some, some cool, like uh, world war two stories. Ooh. No, he, Cause that's, that's he's why a very, that, he's a very cool guy. Yeah. That's why his yeah. hand was like that. Cause yeah. he, cause he was injured in the war. Yeah. He, he can't. He, he has, can't open his fist. Yeah, it, if he it, he had to grip something, or his, hand, or his hand or would pencil. shake. Yeah. And they were so kind he, of... would, he would do that, and his hand wouldn't shake because it was like he okay. had bad nerve damage. Uh, and they, you yeah. know, kind of cruelly made fun of him on Family Guy for it, where he was like punching the wall of a McDonald's or something <laughs> and saying his name over and over. <laughs> uh, that didn't bug him. Yeah, yeah. Most of what he got made fun of was referring to himself in third person. Yeah, yeah. Those old timers. I mean, they was like, make fun of me. I don't care. Well, that's what he was doing. He was punching the wall, and he was like, Bob Dole, Bob Bob Dole, Dole. and he just (laughs) kept punching over and over. And they're like, like, oh, just leave him alone. He'll tire himself out. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. See, I never even realized they were making fun of his fist. I didn't even know about it. I just always knew he was. After being shot at by Nazis, there's really nothing. Yeah. I think he was. He was on Normandy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. I have to check that, but. Anyway, so that's uh, this the has rat. been that's the bird, bird cage. cage. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, Jean, Jean's good. Final thoughts. All right. Yeah, good. Amanda, uh, any <laughs> final thoughts? Yeah. I'm going to go home and watch this again because I feel like holy crap, I've not seen it in so long. There was a lot I forgot. Oh, you it's must magnificent. watch it. It's wonderful. I love this film. I always go on what you said. Mm. Oh my I goodness! Take all your recommendations. <sighs> and Mr. Brown takes any chance he can get to dress and drag. Literally, so there's that. <laughs> Literally any chance. We wish now, he would just. Now everybody knows. <laughs> God. When we do Silence of the Lambs, you are not allowed. <laughs> if you do, I will leave. Skin. Yeah, I will. Because no. that if he that was it. if that was open in the front, it would be very similar. Uh huh. <laughs> I promise. To the dance scene, to the famous, you know, <laughs> the promise. tuck. Goodbye, horses. Just bring in a little, like, stuffed yeah. animal, fuzzy white dog. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Who, wait, who played Black Girl on TV? Uh, Trina <laughs> McGee Davis. It was the. Um, she was the prostitute. She was no, the prostitute. I know. I just, I love I how they named these I can tell you because things, it was you know, an actress from Black Latino Meat World. Man in Club. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but it was uh, one of the characters from Boy Meets World when the guys go off to college. She was one of the girl roommates or something. I think she lived with Topanga or something. Nobody I watched know. that. I didn't watch yeah. that. I, I so did watch that. But really? anyway, yeah. Did you watch Saved by the Bell? The I Next was Generation? in love with, uh, what, was what, the, what was it called? Saved by the Bell? It wasn't the next generation. The, the later years. Exactly. Oh, the, the later, later years. years. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, my brother watched the first one. It's like After MASH, you know, yeah. sometimes there should never be a sequel. It's after never. MASH is like a fever dream because mm-hmm. it's like that really happened and it made it more than one season. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, anyway, this has been yeah. another successful and disturbing episode of your favorite podcast. And Amanda, we can't thank you enough for making your first thank appearance you. on She's Hindsight is Horrifying. So thank you for joining us in the studio to discuss <laughs> one of Darth's favorites. Oh, we forgot to go out to Seinfeld. Okay. So oh. we've got to do our final scores. So Amanda, I'm not sure if you're familiar with our scoring system. Basically, the scale goes from Alf to Seinfeld, meaning Alf is the worst, Seinfeld is the best. And the reason <laughs> being is because when you were a kid, when you would watch Alf, you thought it was just the funniest 
height of comedy, nothing could be funnier. And then you grew up and watched well. a rerun and it's garbage. Now, Seinfeld, you might have been bored by that as a kid because that was kind of the human equivalent to your mom running into her best friend at the grocery store and talking <laughs> for 45 minutes and you felt like you were dying a slow death of boredom. Uh, but then you grow up and you start relating to the characters and you're like, oh, moving is a pain in the ass. That guy is annoying when <laughs> oh, he chews too loud. older than all these actors were when they were doing the show. <laughs> that hurts. So uh, for that reason, Seinfeld's the best, Alf is the worst, but a perfect score is a five. So if the movie's absolutely no different than the first time you watch it, it's just as great as it was then. If it didn't improve, didn't get worse, then it's a five. So what would you give this movie? Oh, this is it, absolutely it, a five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the highest number again? Seinfeld. Oh, five. is there a Seinfeld is a, five. Is it like a, a ten? How long have we been doing this show? Half it's, a decade. Half a decade. You did say five was the highest, right? No, five is the perfect score because it's right in the middle. Five meaning mi- like it didn't improve, it okay. didn't get yeah. worse. You look at you love it just as much today as you did. Oh, I see what you're saying. So do you want to rethink your score? Did you like it? Well, more I need to go home less? and rewatch it, but I guarantee you I'm gonna like it even more. Well, because you learned that it's higher so much. than a five. Yeah, okay. Yes. It's somewhere between a five and a ten. Yes. And I will let you know. Okay. (laughs) Rank between five and ten. Sure. Because I'm sure you care. Jason? I'm going to probably a seven. That's fair. Seven. Because I, I, you know, the first time I saw it, it was like, yeah, it was a funny movie. Yeah. You know, um, it's like anything, you know, if it's a movie that involves particularly family dynamics. Oh, yeah. You know, if I saw it when I was in my 20s, it meant one thing. I see it now. It's a very different movie sure and and that always adds something to me when, when it's done well and it was done very well in this so yeah seven that um, makes yeah. sense mr brown or miss well brown. when i when i first saw it i was active duty navy i just couldn't understand we need like an understand. adam brown bingo <laughs> you were in the navy Damn. and you couldn't understand this i just oh ooh, that hurt that hurt Damn. i was I'm, just gonna say as i got older I evolved a bit, and I could appreciate the film a little bit more. God, evolved is not. But you're quite right. As a submarine officer, <laughs> I should have been able to appreciate it from the very beginning. Such a reflection on the you didn't United emerge States a prize, Navy. You didn't emerge a prize fighter, so yeah, you should have been able to understand this pretty I damn well. I would have been well. a halfway night beauty on my submarine. Oh dear God! Of course you did. So the score is. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. How was it? The silent it. service. Oh, pillows. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Fighter takes on a whole yes. new meeting. Uh, My pillow had teeth marks. Anyway, and and lipstick marks. (laughs) But I'm going to go, I'm going to copy you, Mr. Brown. Uh, uh, I'm going with an eight because I saw this movie for the first time when I was probably about 12 years old. And I've only understood the jokes and the political references Mm. all the better the more I grow up. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with an eight. So. Well, that uh, averages out to something. Get a calculator. Uh, <laughs> we don't care. Quarters. Yeah. Math. Yeah, it's like pi. Yeah, we just. <laughs> I don't know. We appreciate you joining us in the studio, uh, as always, for your drive time, your listening time, your cross-dressing time, whatever kind of time. We don't really <laughs> concern ourselves with it. Uh, this has been Amanda, Jason, Darth, and Adam stop Brown. With Gene. Stop touching people. I love Gene. <laughs> You're, you're not his type, okay? <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> not even close. I just appreciate I got top billing over Gene. <clears throat> anyway, this has been <laughs> Hindsight is Horrifying with the Birdcage. This has been Hindsight and good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>